No, that's wonderful. So that uh, was wisdom through the lens of Proverbs, which we'll get onto in a moment, just to frame that. Um, oh, I, can, I was going to introduce myself first. I'm Ori. I get to uh, the privilege of co-pastoring Village with Ralph, just with the few uh, unfamiliar faces to me I can see uh, in our midst. So uh, welcome. Um, just to frame all of that for us today, we are kicking off our uh, Awaken series. Uh, Ralph kicked that off last week for us by uh, framing that, talking about John Wesley and his idea of a means of grace, and that not meaning that we work uh, to achieve or work to uh, take on the grace that God has for us, but that by embodying the practices of Jesus, uh, we actually experience and come under the waterfall of God's grace and are drenched in his grace and that God desires for us to live there and to dwell there and to live our lives out of that grace. So we're spending the, a whole bunch of the coming weeks exploring uh, the practices of Jesus uh, and how that awakens us to uh, the reality of God's grace in our lives. So that's uh, where we're heading for the next couple of months as Village Church, uh, just to reframe and recap uh, that for us. And today we're kicking off uh, with the first practice of Jesus, um, uh, the art of giving wisdom. Uh, and so to do that, we'll be turning to Mark chapter 8. Uh, so if you would like to turn there on your phone or if you've got a paper Bible, I don't think anyone does, um, feel free because we'll, we will get there shortly. Um, and so in order that we actually receive some wisdom this afternoon, I'm going to take a moment to pray and ask God to give us some. And, uh, and then we'll dive straight into the message. Father God, we thank you so much uh, that we can gather together as your people. Uh, for your people are your church. And Lord, we pray that as we explore the art of giving wisdom, uh, what that means and how that works practically and how we experience your grace through that. Lord, that we would receive your wisdom this afternoon. That as we open the scriptures, you would open our eyes and our ears to hear and to see and to understand and to discern what it is that you are saying to us this afternoon and how it is that your grace empowers us uh, to live uh, this vibrant, dynamic life of faith that you call us into, the mission that you invite us to participate with you on. Uh, so we commit this time to you. Uh, in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus, we pray. And all who agree said, Amen. Amen. So we are talking about the practice or the art of giving wisdom. And quite practically speaking, I want to frame that uh, through, through this idea of turning your answers into questions. Turning your answers into questions. So recently, you will have, um, most people will be familiar with this story, I'm sure, because we were all drawn into it as it became global news. But recently, 12 young boys and their soccer coach uh, were discovered alive in the bowels of this sophisticated cave network uh, in Thailand. And as they were discovered alive, they were, it was found, uh, or it was realised very quickly, that um, any form of rescue operation uh, in order to get them all out was going to be very complicated. So complicated that amongst all the team that they had assembled uh, to formulate a plan, uh, they had in called an Australian doctor who just so happened to be one of the world's best cavers, as they're known, um, to invite him to join the rescue efforts. And fortuitously, he got that call, he received that invitation hours before he was due to take off uh, for, for weeks and weeks of vacation. 
it involved everyone from the Thai Navy to these doctors to other divers who were brought in. There was lots of exchange between governments around how it was going to work. It was a very complicated thing. And amongst all that, as all of those uh, people that on the rescue team were strategizing together, one other person quite publicly um, proclaimed that they had an answer that would help solve the problem. And this person assembled a team of uh, his engineers and uh, prototyped this mini submarine out of spare rocket parts and tweeted his progress all along the way. I've got an answer for this. Look, here's our team. Look, we're testing in this pool. Look, here I am delivering this answer to your problem. And it got to the point where the local area governor um, for the, um, who presided over the area where the rescue was happening came out publicly and said, look, we really appreciate Elon Musk's support, but unfortunately, the mini-submarine that they've prototyped is just not, not practical for the rescue operation that we're trying to run. Now, Elon Musk is a very intelligent man. He's a very rich man, and he leads a couple of companies that are very innovative. But in this particular situation, perhaps a little bit beyond the scope of uh, him and his company's expertise, he dove in with an answer. One that at the end, we all learned, wasn't very helpful. How many times, I wonder for all of us sitting here, have, have you kind of come to someone's rescue with, with the silver bullet with the answer and it didn't quite work out? Perhaps for others of us, it's the other end of the scale. Whenever we get asked for help, whenever we get asked for advice, we don't have an answer. That's our default setting. I don't know. You know, your friend might ask you for some advice. A colleague might come to you with a problem at work. Um, I don't know. A friend, might, a friend might kind of say, look, I really want to be uh, more healthy. I want to have a more healthy lifestyle. And you kind of go, oh, I don't really know too much about that. And your brain scrambles a little bit and you think, oh, I don't know. How about you just put some lettuce with your pizza? And it's just not helpful and that's if we decide to give the advice because usually we'll just go oh, I don't know maybe just ask my friend I don't, I don't really know about that but the thing is is that wisdom doesn't always mean oh, or doesn't mean always having an answer wisdom as we heard is an attribute of God that is weaved throughout creation weaved throughout all things and ultimately is a gift that God gives us that begins with that the receiving of it is born out of trusting Jesus. As we heard in the video, the fear of the Lord. And so when we trust and follow Jesus and we receive a gift of wisdom or we receive <coughs> or we place that, uh, we place that trust to have that fear, that healthy reverence, that respect is what that phrase means, fear of the Lord. It becomes apparent that a really good and practical way to exercise wisdom is to turn our answers into questions. Let's turn to Mark chapter 8 to explore uh, what we're talking about here. We'll pick up from verse 27. Mark chapter 8, verse 27. And the scripture says, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? 
They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter. It's always Peter. Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. That that kind of sounds like a bit of a straightforward exchange, a conversation about who Jesus is. So we kind of have to zoom out a little bit and, and, and see that in the context of the entire Gospel of Mark. Now, if you've read Mark from start to finish, you'll know that it's got pace, it's quick, it's snappy, it's on the move, and it kicks off with Jesus being on mission, moving from town to town. The disciples are following him, and they're going back and forward across the lake. We see, we read of stories of Jesus casting out impure spirits, of forgiving people, healing people, and commanding the elements like the wind and the wave to cease in the midst of a storm. And Kind of at the bottom of all these stories as we read through the gospel, we read about how much wonder there was in response to this. People saw it and thought it was wonderful. They wondered who this man was, how he taught with such authority, how he performed these miracles and how he did these things. There was so much wonder about, you kind of wondered how the disciples hadn't figured out the fullness of who Jesus was yet. And so we come up to chapter 8. And just prior to the conversation we just read in the passage, Jesus had fed the 4,000 and explained about the yeast and the Pharisees and, and asking the disciples, do you not still not understand what I'm trying to say? And so there's this sense here that the disciples have been missing the point the whole way along and they're a little bit frustrated and they're not quite grasping the fullness of who Jesus is. And so we get to our conversation. And Jesus asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answer back, is standing there in their presence as the Son of God, as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, as God made flesh. We know that from his childhood, he grew in wisdom and stature. He is wisdom personified. He absolutely knows the answer to the question of who he is. But what does he do? He asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? He turns his answer into a question. This becomes the turning point of the entire narrative in the Gospel of Mark. From this, where they were standing geographically was like as far away as you could be from Jerusalem without fully entering Gentile territory. It was kind of like on the border between the two worlds. And then the disciples answering Jesus' question, Peter saying, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, is the turning point and the narrative focuses and Mark focuses and Jesus focuses towards the cross. From that part of the story through to the passion, through to Jesus dying and rising again. It's the turning point of the story. It's the turning point of the disciples' understanding. All because Jesus turned his answer into a question. And so as we embody this idea of turning our answers into questions, just as Jesus demonstrated with the disciples, it transforms our conversations and and allows wisdom the space to breathe. And it does this in a number of ways. 
You see, you go from being the know-it-all to being able to listen more. And that's listening to God and that's listening to others. Notice how, and I'll say this, it, it takes us from the, the other person from being passive, like a passive hearer of what's going on, to being actively engaged and having whatever that wisdom is bedded into their spirit, bedded into their minds. Just think about being one of those disciples and Jesus asks you the question, who do you say that I am? Now, if he, just, if he just said, well, I am Lord, I'm your saviour, I'm the Messiah, there's a little bit less opportunity for that to sink in. There's a little bit less opportunity for the disciples to take that on board, to process that. But notice how Peter's actively engaged and he's thinking and he goes, well, you, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ. He owns the answer. When we turn our answers into questions, we're valuing others more than ourselves. We're practicing humility. And when we turn our answers into questions, we are leaving God space in the conversation, leaving God at the centre of the conversation, for he is the one that gives wisdom. I had the opportunity to learn this recently with a friend. Um, a few weeks ago, I was doing the usual school pickup in the afternoon, and a, and a friend of mine uh, kind of came up to me and said, oh, you know, hey, Rick, uh, can I just ask your advice about something uh, for a moment? And I was just like, okay, sure, no worries. And uh, she, she came to me with this choice between uh, do I take this teaching job or do I wait for a while and take this, uh, take this opportunity to be a researcher, I think to do with a PhD uh, through university. There's a couple of other tidbits about family and, and, and so forth. Um, but, the, but the gist of it was is that there was this choice between these two things. Now, I can't remember exactly how I framed the questions, but imagine if I just answered that right then and there and kind of was just like, yeah, well, I reckon you take the first job. Whose fault is it if that's the wrong choice? <laughs> but what I, what I did, and I can't remember how I phrased the questions, is I, I just asked one or two questions. And, and, and just kind of said, oh, you know, what about, um, do you have to make that decision now? Do you, have to, like, do you have to make one decision for the other to happen? And kind of, as the conversation went on, uh, her thinking evolved and she started to see that there was actually a series of options, not just two. It wasn't an either or. And then she started to see that some of the decisions didn't need other things to happen or she didn't have to be thinking so far ahead and she could make this one exclusively or independently of that one. And, and, and on it went. And you could see that by asking a question or two that it was actually forming up uh, a clarity of a direct path forward, a, a particular way to go for, for this friend of mine. Now, this week I was doing the school pickup again as you do. And uh, this same friend went out of her way. She sought me out. She was already picked up a kid. She was on the way out. And she was just like, oh, oh Ori, 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 I was going to message you this week. Um, just wanted to let you know, I took the job we were talking about. And, uh, and I just really wanted to say thank you for your wisdom. Uh, it really helped me. It was amazing. Now, just before you think I'm blowing my own trumpet, the punchline of this story is I had no recollection of the contents of our conversation. 
So who gave her the wisdom? Yeah? Turn your answers into questions. So we heard at the top of the message that Proverbs is one of the three books of the wisdom literature in the scriptures. And in Proverbs 18, verse 13, there's this one little verse that kind of captures what happened in that story, kind of captures uh, what it means to turn your answers into questions, what it means to give God the space to bring the wisdom to those who are asking. And it says this, to answer before listening, that is folly or foolishness, and shame. To answer before listening, that is foolishness and shame. See, the good news here is that we all have wisdom to offer in some way, shape or form to all the people we're connected with, whether it's family, friends, colleagues or a stranger down the street. But we don't need to come with the answer like we're the expert, like we've prototyped their life advice out of our spare rocket parts and we've nailed it, it's gonna work. And nor do we have to worry or be fearful of, of the fact that we, don't, we think that we don't know enough or that we're not experts in a particular subject and, and therefore don't have anything to offer. Because all we have to do is take our hands off the answers and turn them into questions, thereby serving those around us and giving God the space to minister his wisdom and love and grace in those situations. How freeing it is to know that all of us can ask a half-decent question and it might actually release someone into the season God's calling them into, into the calling he has for them, into the decision they need to make in order that he can transform their lives and take them from strength to strength. And every single one of us here, by the power and grace of Jesus, can offer that ministry, can give that service, can love in that way. So we're not going to wait for Monday or Tuesday or Friday to find a way to put this into practice. And for those of you who are new to Village, you're going to learn something about us very quickly. We like to do things now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a few minutes to put this into practice. We're going to pair up, and it can simply be the person you're sitting next to. Um, Karen, if you don't want to sit with Pete, Megs is behind you. <laughs> um, but we're going to take a few minutes to turn our answers into questions. So we're going to pair up, have a conversation, share something you're comfortable to about a situation or some advice you're seeking or whatever it is. And whoever is listening, whoever's on the other side of that conversation, watch how quickly, maybe, an answer comes to mind. And reframe that into a question. And just see what happens. See where it leads you. See what God might actually say to the, per the other person in the conversation. So we're going to take a few minutes to do that now. Pairs, quick conversation, ask for wisdom, answers into questions, and then I'll wrap up in prayer and we'll worship together to, to finish our gathering. So let's do that now. Well, it sounds like there's lots of wisdom being exchanged.
Lots of people receiving some wisdom. A couple of people just planning dinner for when we finish up the gathering. All right. So put your hand up just by way of a little bit of feedback. Who found that that was helpful in any way, shape or form? Who found that that was helpful? Awesome. It was so helpful. Rach and Greg are still talking about it. No, 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 no. I don't want to rob you of your opportunity to receive wisdom, Greg. So keep keep chatting if you need to. <laughs> no, that's well, fantastic. I, my hope from that exercise and from this message is that it's, it's quite simply, as we've been talking about, that is if you turn your answers into questions, it, it, it puts us in that posture of, of being able to listen and to be able to serve and to be able to give God that central place in the conversation that that uh, whoever stands to benefit from the exchange and the chat that is going on would receive that from God and it would be enduring and, and sustaining. So um, my hope is that as we go into our week, perhaps even as we're praying for that one person Ralph was talking about before, could it be that even the conversation with them is, is them seeking wisdom, that we might have ears to hear that opportunity as it comes to us as we are mindful of them and pray for them that it might actually be a conversation where they need some advice or they've got a problem not quite sure how to solve it and we can turn our answers into questions and give god the space to minister to them so let's pray together now and then we're going to stand and sing together so heavenly father we thank you so much god that you're a god of wisdom that wisdom is a part of who you are, that you used wisdom to create all creation. And that, Lord, as we trust and follow you, Jesus, and seek you for wisdom, and turn our answers into questions, that by your grace, wisdom can abound even more so. We pray, Lord God, that as we go into our week, that we would be attentive to the prompting of your spirit that will be uh, thinking of that one person who who doesn't trust you there yet that uh, that there would be an opportunity for conversation perhaps they're even seeking you for wisdom and lord as we walk every single day may you walk or may we walk in step with you in your presence Draw us closer to yourself, Lord, uh, that we can walk in intimacy with you, that we can be drenched by your grace and live there and live out of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.